I'm a reasonable guy, but I've just experienced some very unreasonable things. Josh, if you come back in here one more time, I'm going to hit you with so many rights, you're going to beg for a left. Welcome to Very Unreasonable Things. We're talking about Invasion USA today. international terrorists. America has not been invaded by a foreign enemy in nearly 200 years. Their target, America. Their objective, control. 18 hours from now, America will be a different place. Now, only one thing stands in their way. It's time to die. work, huh? Now it will. They wanted a war. See you in hell. He gave them one. Send me a postcard. Chuck Norris. I'm Billy Bone, and with me is Josh. Lindsay. Uh, howdy, howdy. I, yeah, I'm, I'm begging for that left right now. It's just haymaker after haymaker. Haymaker after haymaker. And, you know, uh, spoiler alert for this episode. I don't know if Chuck Norris ever throws one right. Does he? This is got to be, as far as I can tell, the least amount of karate that Chuck Norris does in a movie. To the movie's detriment, in my opinion, uh, he throws a lot of bullets out of a gun. He Dude, does do that. Chuck Norris loves some Uzis. Oh, my God. He's the OG Uzi master. Yeah. And he's, for you video game players out there, he's using these Uzis akimbo or two double wielding, dual wielding. He's got one in they, each hand. They dangling. I know. Got he's got straps. them strapped. They dangling. He's got his balls, his kahunas, and his Uzis just dangling. Just, and never once changed a clip. He did. Did he? I must have missed it. Maybe not on the Uzis because he has a a wide array of um, automatic weapons in this movie. Uh, yeah, but yeah, um, ho ho ho! Happy holidays, right? Uh, at the time we planned this. this, yeah, we planned this. It's a Christmas movie. It's Christmas time. This yeah, is. You said it's a Kismet. Christmas movie, and. It wasn't until this viewing that I caught that this movie takes place during Christmas. You know, because you, you, other than the fucking Christmas trees and I guess all the people shopping, like during the mall. Oh, scene, oh, day people shopping. 
They some motherfuckers. <laughs> there are so many people in that goddamn mall. But it's a the movie takes place in like Florida and I guess in Georgia also. And it's a nice warm Christmas. Yeah, it's you know, it's a nice brisk. Wear shorts outside. Burn rubber tires. Climate change. Christmas. This is beautiful. Now you're you're over in Sweden, so why don't you just tell us how cold it is there? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. willing to bet that it's not a fucking summer breeze Christmas there. It's um as we speak, uh, ten o'clock at night. It is thirteen degrees Fahrenheit. Thirteen. Um, for our few outside the states. Listeners, that's negative uh, eleven Celsius. It is. It is so fucking cold here. Uh, that sounds horrible. This southern gentleman is not built for this weather. I'm just gonna tell you, like, it does not agree with me. <laughs> so, was this the first time you'd ever seen Invasion USA? Yeah. Uh, like I said, this whole uh, Chuck Cannon block. Uh, there's a lot of movies that I'm ashamed or in my blind spot. I wouldn't say the Chuck Cannon movies fall into that. You know, uh, I'm a little embarrassed to say I haven't seen. I've just missed all these. Um, this might be my third Chuck Norris movie I've ever watched. What are the other two? Uh, Firewalker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Silent Rage. Which is like 1982. Huh. I think I mentioned it on this podcast. It, it was, um, it's a movie that was made to take advantage of the slasher genre at that time. It's interesting. Um, I actually don't think I've seen Silent Rage. Now that you bring it up, I I think it's so far. I mean, out of the three, and I don't know if I, how many I'll get to. It's uh, I can recommend it. Because it's such an anomaly of um, just that time period. Yeah, I'll have to go back and check that out. I I saw Invasion USA when I was younger, um, probably during the summer with my dad. Rented it, you know, from one of the video stores. Um, and it's just it's kind of one of those guilty pleasures. But watching it this time, I did notice some things that yeah, you know, I didn't really pay attention to before, you know, because it's been a long time since I've seen this. This isn't like I watch it every year, you know. Um, it's one of those ones where I've I've seen it a few times, but you get like five, ten, fifteen year gaps between watching it. Yeah, you probably only remember bare chest and Uzis. Oh, I do remember Uzis. God damn, I remember that. I can't believe you didn't remember uh, half this movie is Chuck Norris walking around with a button-up shirt unbuttoned. Well, there is one scene that I always remember, and I'll get to it. I'll tell you when we get to it, or we'll talk about it. Um, but I guess let me throw out a little information about it real quick, and then we can dive right in. So Invasion USA was released in 1985. It's a canon picture. Comes in at 107 minutes, or one hour and 47 minutes. Directed by Joseph Zito, the story by Aaron Norris. I only bring that up is because, you know, Chuck Norris's brother. Yeah. Um, He uh, had some other credits. Looks like he directed Missing in Action 3 and Delta Force 2. 
Oh, the Hitman sidekicks, Walker, Texas Ranger, did an episode there. Starring Chuck Norris. And in my notes, I have, he's in a bunch of shit. Because, you know, usually I tell you another movie or something that they've been in, but a bunch of shit. Yeah, I mean. Richard yeah. Lynch from The Barbarians. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a, a canon um, own, you know, uh, what, what do you say? Like, he's in the. Alumni? Uh, yeah, but it's like he he was uh I don't know what I'm trying to say. He was like uh they had him on speed dial for villain roles. Yeah. You know. Well him and Billy Drago, who's got a starring credit in this movie, only in here for like two minutes. And since we just mentioned him, that's the one scene that I always remember is when you talk you talking about the best scene in the movie? Yeah, when she's sniffing the coke and uh, Richard Lynch shoves her face down into it. Look, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I'll let you get through this information, but because we're talking about that scene, that scene happens in the first, like, seven minutes. Yeah. And we've already introduced uh, Bayou Billy, Chuck Norris, and his lifestyle. And then we cut to that scene, and I was like, holy fuck, is this movie going to blow my dick out of my ass? (laughs) And it never gets... There after that scene, though. But keep going. Yeah, so Billy Drago, who was the main villain in Delta Force 2, he was in The Untouchables, which is one of those Kevin Costner movies I actually like. That's a big man of you to say. Yeah, it's, I, like <laughs> I know Kevin that Costner, hurts you. And he was also in Pell Rider. And then you got music by Jay Chataway, who did like Star Trek Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise, and won an Emmy for the finale of Voyager. Had a budget of twelve million, a box office of seventeen point five million. So there we go. I will say this though: I don't know if you noticed this when you're watching the movie, but you know, it's typical '80s action movie where you know it rolls credits at the beginning of the movie, sort of. You know, it's just like Invasion USA, and then it starts doing all the starring by. Mm-hmm. I unless I missed it, I never saw Chuck Norris's name pop up. Nope, I didn't either. It starts which, off with Richard Lynch. It does, which I was like. Are they going to, is Chuck Norris going to get his last name and then an explosion or something? <laughs> because that is, because you're not going to do an introducing Chuck Norris. Yeah. You know, because usually that's saved for up and coming actors. Yeah. You know, uh, it was so weird. At, um, yeah. It, you know, first time watching it and. Um, yeah, I think I was expecting what, Yeah, okay, what were you expecting? never mind I, You had sort of set it up Because you sent that message before I'd seen it Oh, when I said this movie's a stone cold classic Yeah, and I, like yeah. I said, we, I you get to these first kind of, seven minutes. I said that kind of in jest. Um, I okay. do enjoy the movie, but if it's a classic, it's not a classic in the sense of, you know, The Godfather. Well, no, no, no. I mean, you're getting a canon movie. And $12 yeah. million, that's, that's kind of a lot for a canon picture. Well, and, those, and look. Each of those Uzis cost five and a half a piece. Well, they they put all this movie on screen. 
all 12 million because they shut down city blocks. I mean, they, they went out for it. And, you know, this movie has got, you know, Zito knows what to do with the camera. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about his previous work in the final chapter, which, you know, uh, is a lot of people's favorite Friday 13th movie. My personal favorite. And yeah. well, I think most reasonable people have it as their favorite. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stands for part six. I don't get that, but well, I, I do like part six, but this is different, different uh, series of podcasts or different block. Well, yeah, but I mean, um, so you know what? I what else I noticed though, aside from Chuck Norris not being like listed in the credits, is actually how little of Chuck Norris you get in this movie. There's a lot of from the villain perspective going on. It is, but it's it's um it's like flavorless gum. I still like that they did that though, because now you they're giving you plenty of reasons to hate the villains. The the rhyme and reason to what they're doing was odd. I you know you get the boat at the beginning of the movie that comes in with the coke, and I get it. Like okay, we're gonna we're killing all the people in this boat because we need to get this coke, and then we take it to the fucking dealer, Billy Drago, and you kill him right away. So I don't even know what the point of the coke was. To get the uh, guns. Oh, okay. Um, I must have been mesmerized by Chuck's chest. Yeah, it's, um, you know, if this movie's anything, it is a promotional video that the CIA and the FBI can show to politicians and say, this is why we need an increased budget because these motherfuckers take over America <laughs> with no intel from the CIA or the FBI that so and so is on foreign, uh, you know, is on American soil. <laughs> Nothing like these motherfuckers do shit so out in the open with nobody knowing fuck all about know, what they're right? doing. I like how the invasion of USA is also just like, you know, 300 people maybe. Yep. You know, we're going to yep. take over this country in millions with 300. And we're not going to start in D.C. We're going to start in Florida and we're going to work our way up <laughs> through the SEC conference or whatever, I guess. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. If you were going to start an invasion in America, where would you start? Uh, California. Okay, I feel like I go Canada. I feel like they would probably do nothing out there in California. I'll go Canada. Work my way down. The, the, people in California can't even be bothered to show up for their home games for their football teams. They got like two teams in LA and no support. Yeah, it's because it's California. There's other shit to do. That's what I'm saying. So they're not going to notice me and my 300 guys. I'm assuming we're bringing a force of 300. Nah. You, do you even know 300 people? We'll, we'll come in through California where people are too distracted with other shit that's going on. We'll sneak through the desert in Nevada and then work our way across like the, uh, the Midwest in those states that are lowly populated. 
where you don't see somebody for like a hundred miles. Yeah. That, that would be the plan. I what would you do in these I Midwest states? Well, nothing. You just I'm using it as a path to come in unobstructed to get to the capital. Okay. I'll tell you where I wouldn't start, and that'd be fucking Mississippi. Because if you go through Jackson, all your equipment's <laughs> going to get busted under potholes. Or if it's a dangerous city, they might just stop your fucking invasion right there with just random crime. <laughs> God bless Mississippi. But yeah, it was the the things that the villains did just seemed odd. You know, um, like random. I don't know. I don't even like some of the killings just seemed like you when they like when they did the um, the church right. <laughs> you mean attempted? Yeah. Oh no no no! Not the church. I'm sorry. Not the church. I meant the uh, the club where all the Hispanic people were at, where they were having a party. Yeah, and two guys were there, and he's like, "Oh, what would I say?" What was he like? "No, oh, come on, I'm gonna show you how to do this." And then they come over there and they shoot up a bunch of people, and they're dressed like cops. And it's like, okay, I see what you're doing here. You're you're creating distrust, but that lasts like all of five seconds. Yeah, like the rocks at one cop car. That's it. There's nothing else seen. There's from that. no more. And that's like that idea is a good idea in the sense of you're trying to take over. You're doing an invasion. Yeah, create that distrust, but it goes nowhere. The The reporter in this movie has no fucking... Like, I don't even know why she's in the movie. Because uh, she's literally the only female in the movie. And Other than helping with the death of one character. But yeah, before we get that far in, though... We get the boat coming in, you know, we get them killing them. We get the, we get them slamming the girl's face down on the straw and everything. Oh. And we also get our introduction to Chuck Norris in this movie. Well, first, can you try to paint a picture for the listeners who haven't watched this movie uh, of that scene? Coke? Okay, sure. Yeah. So Richard Lynch's character, oh my God, what's his name? I just forgot in the it's movie. Like Rob. Rostam. Hang on. Rostov. It's uh, Rostov, yeah. Mikhail Rostov. Rostov. For some reason, I wanted to say Rostovavov. Just put a bunch of Bobovs in it. <laughs> Rostovavavavav. Bobabeli. <laughs> yeah, so Rostov comes in and he meets with Billy Drago's character. And, you know, Billy Drago. And I just. I don't know. I, I like Billy Drago. It's like a. Oh, he's a great. He's got a henchman face. Oh my god! He has a presence in these movies, like in like even in like in Untouchables, man. He has a presence, and you feel like he is—he would kill you. It like is he a would crime. slit your throat. It is a crime how little he's in this movie. I it mean, it's, it's a blink and, a, and you miss it. But they come in there, I guess, in this apartment complex, or and they come into his room, and it's like a hotel, like a seedy hotel. Rostov hotel. brings out the coke, puts it on the table. You know, Billy Drago is just oozing fucking villainy. It is great. And then they open it up and the girl takes them instead of rolling up a dollar, like you see in every other movie, this girl has a metal straw and she starts sniffing Coke. And they make the deal. And then Rostov. And, and I just want to say also that she's not cutting this Coke. She She puts a little small pile and she's not cutting it. She's just 
diving in. Oh, she's doing Tony Montana style. Yeah. yeah. She's she's like running a Golden Corral buffet on this Coke. <laughs> yeah. So she's sniffing this Coke with this little golden metal straw. And Rostov takes his hand and he slams it down the back of her hand and shoves it straight down. And she pulls up and she's got just like a little piece of the straw poking out of her nose and she's bleeding and going crazy. And then he kills Billy Drago. And No, no, no. He shoots Billy Drago twice in the dick. Well, he's not the only person who's shot in the dick either. Rostov is good about shooting dicks. <laughs> he's like MacGruber. <laughs> Ripping out throats. But then he like, does he throw Billy Drago through the window or her? I think it was her. Oh, yeah. He throws her out the window. Yeah, because he shoots Billy Drago and he throws her out. Yeah, because she's she's on the wall. She's Her back's against the wall. She's on the ground crying, you know, uh, and screaming. Yeah. And he just throws her out the window. And at that moment, you're like, fuck yes. Like, this movie's yeah. going to be balls to the wall. But yeah, but you're also introduced to. Uh, well, yeah, because now they're like, oh, Rostov's in the country, and we got to go. We got to go tell Matt. Was it Hunter? Hunter. We got to tell Matt Hunter about it. And so you see fucking Chuck Norris. You see him at the beginning of the movie wrangling an alligator. Yeah. Which looked like a real game. Looked real. Yeah. And like, even like when. Um, he snaps at him with his mouth bound. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, is, that was real. Yeah, so, and he's all muddy and everything. But you come back and you see him after that, after he wrangles the gator. And he's at his home. Which is? In the bayou. In, a shack. In, yeah. In the, and they got in the Everglades. Yeah. yeah. They got airboats. Which airboats look so fucking cool. I want to ride Oh, my boat. God. They... It looks like the coolest way to get around ever. It does. So it's dark. And the CIA agent or whatever has his own little boat and he comes out there. And he just goes up into Chuck Norris's home. And I guess Chuck Norris has just been sitting in the fucking dark waiting for this guy to break into his home. He's just like, I know somebody's coming to see me today. Or does he do this every night where he just sits in the fucking shadows and waits for somebody to enter? Like, no, what else is there to do, really? I don't know, but it was just because there was no electricity. He had to fucking light a, a candle yeah, right. to, for you know, vision. But you know, it, he, you're introduced to properly, I guess, to him, and you find out like, oh, he used to be CIA and everything like that. And he's like, no, you should have let me kill him, and I had a chance. And it goes to this fucking flashback that you have no indications of flashback. No, I assumed Rostov was still in Miami. When this was when during the flashback, because it's it's not set up. There's no indication. No, it just looks like it's a part of the movie. And it's like, oh well, he's just getting ready to create some more mayhem, and then it's fucking Chuck Norris putting a gun up to the side of the head. It's and time then, to die. Then he just kicks him and knocks him out, and then you're like, you just, ha I mean, it don't take long to figure out it's a flashback, but it's still such such an odd cut. Yeah. And and there is not enough Cajun Chuck in this movie. There's you know because obviously we know how the I mean we've you've heard this song sung a thousand times. They come to get Chuck, 
shit's going down. Yeah. Chuck says, no, man, I'm retired. You know? And so then the bad guys know where he's at, which surprisingly that CIA agent who comes back a couple of times. Yeah. Isn't a turncoat. Normally they have that like an inside man. Yeah. And he's not, they don't have that in this movie, which is odd. So then obviously the bad guys know where he lives. How do they know? I don't know, man. That's like you, that would actually make sense to have an inside person for that. Just for that. Because yeah, I don't know how they know anything. Yeah, but they come and they're because they got airboats too, motherfucker. And they I know. Well, you know what I was thinking about when they came in the airboats? It's like if you wanted to fucking chase down Rostov, you just need to see who fucking rented him the airboats. I mean, yeah, like, it was. I can't imagine they own them. Hey, I know who he rented them from. He rented them from. Here we go. Here's a trope alert. Chuck Norris's best friend, Joe Eagle. Joe Eagle. <laughs> Joe Eagle was the turncoat. He faked his death. <laughs> Joe Eagle ends up getting blown away. So, I mean, this movie is stuffed in this first 15 minutes with every action movie trope in the 80s. And that's Oh, a- you forgot one. Because you're, you're right. It is stuffed with all these tropes. But when he agrees to go after Rostov, he's like, I'll do this. But I work alone. So you're going <laughs> to stop an invasion by yourself. You goddamn right he is. And he he actually, Matt Hunter is so good at his job that he gives a plan of attack against Rostov to the CIA guy. And you're not, the audience doesn't know, but he gives this plan of attack. Typical movie, the CIA agent looks at one sentence, is like, Hunter, we can't do this. <laughs> and of course it involves faking an arrest, calling in the army, getting choppers. Can you imagine like it getting, you know, up to the leader of, you know, the governments and be like, this is Matt Hunter's plan. Matt Hunter, <laughs> ex-CIA agent, uh, retired seven years. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we green like this. This is right. Thirty million of the taxpayers' money. It's it's so crazy. I do, I do want to say this before it slips in my mind. That John Eagle was an entrepreneur and he owned everything in that area. You yeah, he even sold gators. Yeah. Captured it and sold them. Frog you, legs. Yeah. I mean, apparently this is all that cat ate was frogs. Chuck Norris was Chuck Norris actually has a line. Oh, I'm tired of frogs. I know. So, I mean, it's just a steady diet of crawdads and frogs. Uh, th- this movie came out in 85. There's worse ways Action. to live. I just want to say that. I enjoy both of those. There's worse ways to live. Fuck you, Chuck Norris. Yeah, but would you eat it every day? I don't know. Probably not. Never mind. I'm sorry, Chuck. I take you back. Don't kill me. Frog legs? Have you had frog legs? Yeah. I haven't had them. They're good. No. Huh? They're like little chicken legs. Okay, I don't. I, I don't know if I'd try. I don't know. Maybe. Sure, you would. Yeah. But yeah, this movie, uh, eighty-five action movie, s- backdrop of Christmas. So this was before Lethal Weapon and before Die Hard. 
So it's the OG. It Christmas is the action OG. Movie. Yes, it is. It, it's official. Take that, McLean. Yeah, and and Murtaugh and Murtaugh Riggs. Riggs. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> so yeah, we get that introduction, and we got like. You know, we're getting all these gorillas landing on the beaches of Southern Florida. You're coming in on these boats, which apparently nobody fucking noticed. Oh, Coast Guard is asleep at the wheel, babe. Yeah. And they they start blowing up houses at one point. Oh, it which, is. And here's what I do like about Rostov. I will say this, man. Rostov will get his hands dirty. Somebody, That guy's about to shoot that fucking uh, <laughs> rocket launcher or bazooka. Not on Rostov's like, watch. He's like, no, no, give it to me. <laughs> But then he proceeds to, and I, I counted it, and I want to say, I think the number came up to eight. Blows up eight fucking houses without ever reloading. He just, bam, 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 and just turns <laughs> and shoots, turns and shoots. And I'm like, I know that you got to reload this because later in the movie, you see the one that Chuck Norris has, and you see the shell in it, and when he's done, yeah. it's an empty tube. So yeah, what, which one did you get? How come yours has got eight fucking shots in it? I'd like to think, because it cuts, that he just had like... Eight grenade launchers at his feet. He's just picking them up, throwing yeah. them down. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, and I, and I didn't get like, what was the importance of blowing up those houses? Just destruction. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, they uh, did you ever watch Electric Boogaloo? No, Not it's yet. a movie that you need to watch. Yeah, no, uh, we should cover it actually. Yeah, it's hard to cover a documentary, but um. They talk about that in the documentary. They, uh, this neighborhood was uh, going to be destroyed so they could uh, – they were doing the airport at that time, probably expanding it. Oh, so, so this was Cannon a real was neighborhood. Like, that was yeah, so destroyed. Cannon was like, uh, if you're going to destroy it, can we go in there and you know help you destroy it? Like it's going to be a crucial – entry point for our invasion. It probably USA. wasn't even in the plot. They were just like in Florida and they said, Hey, uh, they're going to blow up some shit in Atlanta. Well, every attack that like every attack they make in this movie doesn't seem like it has any kind of strategical importance. Like they're not, they're not taking down banks, which you would think maybe you do like to try to hurt an area financially or something like that. You're not or capital buildings. Yeah. You're going after neighborhoods, um, Hispanic parties, and a church, <laughs> and a school bus. A school bus. Because like, I guess these kids are going to be crucial to the fucking defense of the country. Like, we got to take them out. I mean, that school bus scene. Jesus wept almighty. It is. Hey, hey, Cannon, you know what's free to use? <laughs> what? <laughs> what song is it? Uh, Merrily, Merrily, Dale. Dude. Row, row, row your boat. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that song went on forever. Because it's free. It is It is in like the free domain. And they, yep. these kids are just singing their fucking hearts out to this song. But yeah, but then they, they, they were going to attack a mall. Yeah, well, hold on before you move on on that one. Because I want to say something because now that you mentioned it. This the school bus scene is the second time that it's almost been like a Looney Tunes type thing where hey we put a bomb on something and Hunter's like nope here's your bomb back 
Because <laughs> that, that one, at least, you know, you see him do it and everything, and you kind of get it. There's a timer. He's he's pulling the C4 off the fucking bus. He throws it in their car and blows him up. But when they try to blow up that church, and they run that fucking wire, and they're looking at that bomb the whole time while they're running <laughs> that wire back, somehow Hunter picks up the bomb, carries it onto a roof, and then drops it on him, and then he's detonates like, it. Yeah. He's like, while they're watching. Jason. Yeah. 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 Like, what the fuck is going on here? And once again, I don't know what you're doing blowing up this church. I don't know. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to these guys. It's just destruction. Yeah. But there is a scene in that mall that I don't know. And and I want to give credit to Zito for this because Chuck Norris, he doesn't have like a humorous bone in his body, you know? So let me just assume that runs in the family with Aaron Norris, (laughs) but there's a scene in this mall. It's like Christmas time. There are so many extras in, in this scene. I mean, it is just a a sea of people. And then you have this one shot of this and you know how malls used to be. There was a, uh, packed, um, a showcase. Fun, fantastic. Amazing. Yes. The yeah. place to be. Yeah. God, I miss malls. I do too. And they had a showcase of this like Toyota RAV4. You know, it's, it, that was the hot vehicle at the time because that was Marty's. I was going to say, that's the same one from Back to the Future. Yeah. Except this one looked like a rally edition. Yeah, exactly. And it's like a RAV4. And you see this kid walk up to it chewing this gum. And he just looks like a little snot-nosed punk. And he's just yeah. chewing the gum. He's blowing bubbles. And there's a security guard who, like I said, you know, uh, trope alert. Um, he looks like every security guard in every movie. You know, a little shubby, a little fat, a little bald. And the, and the security guard keeps looking over at the kid. And the kid knows the security guard's looking at him. He's just blowing bubbles. Then all of a sudden, the security guard looks away, and this kid throws his gum at the truck, and it sticks on the windshield. <laughs> it is so funny. Just this kid's, uh, I don't know, props to this kid. Like, it, it was you classic. Know, it was funny. Now that you're talking about that kid in the, in the mall, mm-hmm. I remember there was a third bomb in the mall. That almost got given back to the bad guy. <laughs> so this shit happens three times, man. Because the guy leaves, the, he's got it disguised as a package. He leaves it. The guy sees him. And this guy, is th- this this husband, father, is such a good Samaritan that he's chasing this villain through the mall with his package. Hey, you forgot your package. Hey, hey, hey. Right behind the cops who <laughs> are giving chase. <laughs> so three times we have a bomb that doesn't go off as planned. And like the two main things in this movie are fucking bombs and bazookas yep. and, and Uzis. At least I mean, that's, a, worse. that's a better title. Bombs, bazookas and Uzis. Yeah. It, it's so funny because when they stormed the, the beaches of Normandy in Miami <laughs> and uh, there's a couple that are like making out in the waves and they, and they have their little <clears throat> romantic. TV? 
they have the TV. The TV, that same exact TV is later shown when they're outside the restaurant when Rostov is given the uh his henchman is given the bomb to the the guy who looks like the third name in a yeah. lawyer firm. Yeah. <laughs> like Johnson Bagley and Shellstein. Like he's the Shellstein. Yeah. He just looks like a lawyer. It's the same fucking TV because you see the henchman looking at the TV. They show, they make it a point after the henchman kills him. He looks over at their little portable TV and they hang on it. And then the TV, like they took the TV. That's, I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that one. I tell you what I did catch though about TVs. Because you can tell this is the fucking eighties. And is when Rostov is watching the three TVs, he has to lean forward each time to mute the TV and turn <laughs> another one up. Yeah. It's like there's no fucking remotes. He's had to manually do this shit. Well, no, he it's just quicker because he it's three different remotes, so it's just easier for him <laughs> to lean forward. Which one goes to which? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if this movie had any humor, that would have been a scene to where he gets upset for using the wrong remote. <laughs> there was a fourth bomb. The only Hang bomb on. that the only bomb that actually worked, you don't see it happens off screen. The carnival. Oh my god! Ugh. This movie. Of course, Chuck Norris walks to the 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 the. The uh, after effects of this carnival bomb. <laughs> well, it's the you only just, time that like Chuck Norris isn't there when needed. Because like yeah. you said, he's kind of like Kane Hodder's Jason. He's always where he needs to be. Like you get a... And like I said earlier, like you see more of the villains than you do Chuck Norris. And you see him doing all these dastardly things. And at first, they're succeeding. But once Chuck becomes involved, he just pops up everywhere. And there's no fucking like in, inclination as to how he knows where... These things are going to happen. He's just there. Not kicking anybody, which was amazing. Not punching anybody, but fucking Uzis. Little rapid fire. Hitting a little burst. You know, and yeah, because the, uh, the bus scene, you know, obviously like it's starting to become like the military's out martial law. So they're like, there's this like small roadblock. And they just happen to do this in front of Chuck Norris's um, car. Yeah. He's just always at the right place, right time. He's like Superman. Yeah. Know? He really is. Dude, so you're talking about roadblocks, man, and you were talking about storming the beaches earlier. How about the fact that, like, we've all seen Saving Private Ryan and other movies like that. And the things that they have on the beach, like those big barriers or whatever, mm-hmm. those... Uh, that look like jacks or whatever. They got them just in the fucking road here. They and, do. Because they, they have to yeah. drive around them at one point. Like they're yeah. bobbing and weaving. Like, I don't know that they're serving a purpose if they're not stopping anybody. You've made a minor no. inconvenience. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Cannon's like, yeah, we got this in the warehouse. <laughs> Let's just put it up in the city scene. Yeah. It, yeah it's. He, um, you know that. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that those uh, props are probably from a a movie that didn't get made. You know, probably it just 
who put them out? I'm assuming it had to like who put them out? Was it the bad guys or was it the good guys? You never know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. We are jumping all over. It's, I don't know this movie. Here's the thing. Like well, it's this not movie, really coherent. No. And you know, I read on, you know, the trivia that, um, Globin and Globin and Gopus. Is that it? Uh, yeah, I think Go, so. Yeah. They went in there and edited, or somebody edited. It's sort of, you know, how the, how this works. They take the movie away from the filmmakers, and they just put all the action in. And, like, apparently there was a lot of backstory that was left on the cutting room floor. But this movie, once you watch it, it does seem like just sequences of action that there is Barely a thread that runs through there that is the yeah. plot that it's dangling. It's dangling. Just like the Uzis and the nuts. Just <laughs> dangling. Oh yeah, because the hotel or was it a hotel when they um No, it wasn't a hotel, it was the fucking strip club or whatever it was, or the bar. you know, first Chuck Norris goes there. But then the bad guys come, and the one dude's like, yeah, I'm going to go fuck. And another guy's like, no, we got a mission. He's like, yeah, yeah, you worry about that. I'm going to go fuck. And then Chuck Norris shows up, you know, bullies him around some, puts a knife through his fucking hand. And I don't know if you noticed this, but when he stabs the knife down, because of HD, you can very, very clearly see it's on the side. Which I get it, you know, it's the 80s and maybe you didn't have yeah. the right person to do that kind of special effect where it looked like a knife was going in his hand. But, you know, Chuck gives him the message. You tell Rostov, it's time to die. And then Rostov ends up, you know, meeting with him. He's like, you know, what what happened? And the guy's trying to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, nothing happened, nothing happened, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, you, you talk to him. What did he say? And he's like, tell you it's time to die. And then he shoots him in the dick twice. <laughs> it does. Yes, I <laughs> Like, I mean, if you're gonna kill me, just shoot me in the head. Don't shoot, don't shoot my tiny little nutsack off. That ain't how Rostov works. No, apparently not. <laughs> A lot of dick shooting. Yeah, it's yeah. In that same scene, it. I mean, uh, this movie because Chuck Norris goes there, and obviously, you know. um Trope alert, the bouncer's like, hey, get the fuck out of here. And Chuck Norris is like, I'm not getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. You shut the hell up. And he's like, I'm not going to shut the hell up. You ain't got no business here. And so Chuck gives him the business, obviously, because you don't tell Chuck Norris what to do or where to go. And then so Chuck walks up to this just dude at the bar who probably could have avoided all of this by saying, Hey, Lenny, I know the guy. Let him through. Yeah. And he chooses not to, obviously. And then it's like, okay, there's this character who's, you know, who knows something about Rostov. I, I don't know. It's Why just, would he know about Rostov? Yeah. Well, he doesn't. I guess he doesn't know about Rostov. He knows that. <laughs> like word of the invasion came through. Came through yeah. that place. Like, they know. And they got information. 
Oh, well, you know what I forgot about though, too, in that scene where um, the dude goes to the fuck, you know, and he ends up running to check Norris is before they go into the place, they run into the guys outside. You mean Lou Ferrigno's younger brother? Yeah, the one really swole dude and the tall dude. And they get mad at him and they go in. You know, he he's like, let it go. And he's like, no, nah, he gets pissed. And he goes in and he follows the two guys in. And when they come up to him, when Chuck has got the knife through his hand and interrogating him, instead of going after the guy that pissed him off, they're going to take up for him. And they're going to be like, get up in Chuck's face. And Chuck's like, you need to leave. If you come back in here, I'm going to hit you with so many rights. You're going to beg for a left. <laughs> yeah. It's like those guys. I'm like, who are you fucking mad at? And then, and then they're, then there's a fucking, God damn it. Another it's not grenade. a bomb, but yeah. it's a grenade. Chuck puts that grenade in his hand. He's like, you know, if you live through this, tell Rostov it's time to die. And he throws the fucking grenade out and blows up their car. <laughs> I mean, he was pretty successful. Yeah, but those two guys, you know, yeah. you you were mad at him, so you confront Chuck, and then you get threatened with rights, and then you who's get your car washing, blown up. Who's washing cars outside of like a strip club? That's I don't know. At, at night, I don't know. It's it's yeah. It's just random. There's a lot about life I don't know. Well, I'm just not yeah. to that scene. I'm not either. I mean, I guess I wish I was. Hey, what's Josh doing Saturday night? Uh, <laughs> Washing cars out twister. in front of the club. <laughs> outside of the titty twister. Watching fucking Danny's. convertibles. <laughs> fucking Danny's. That's a gentleman's club in Jackson for those of y'all that don't know. Is it, does it still exist? I don't know. I don't either. Um, I know that. My best friend in high school, when he got married the first time, that's where he wanted to go for his bachelor party, and he fell and he almost broke his nose on the stage. If you're listening to this, you know who you are, and we're sorry about your toes when we took you to the hospital. Did uh, he was trying to get on the stage? No, no, he was trying to show the amateurs how to put a dollar. Oh, that's embarrassing. Was he good and drunk? Oh yeah, he was. Okay. Me and him both were because we went to he wanted to go eat at Hooters first. So we, he just wanted to get it all in one night, huh? Yeah. We went to Hooters and we were pre-gaming. I was in the back seat with a couple, uh, like we were riding like six deep in his car too. I want you to know it's fucking packed tight. We had two vehicles, like six in one. And then another one was like a truck and there was a, you know, like three or four people in it. But we're pre-gaming on our way to Jackson. Cause we're coming from like about an hour out and we get to Hooters and we get these, fucking hot ass wings because we're drunk. Yeah. And so we eat these fucking hot ass wings and you can still feel your mouth burning, even though you're wasted. And I had gotten to the point where I was so drunk that, um, I asked for another beer and they were like, no, you can't have one. I was like, how about we bring you some water instead? And they bring me water in this orange glass. And I said, this water's bad. It's orange. <laughs> And they're like, yeah, you definitely don't need any more beer. So we we leave there, and we go to Danny's, and I get to drink some more. So I'm just like, I'm just fucking like stretched out in a chair, man, just barely there at this point because I'm so fucked up. And like, you know, every night I have a dollar, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but the guy that's getting married. He's functioning better than I am. I don't think he drank as much as I had. I think I drank more than everybody else. 
and the other guys are up at the stage, you know, they get their dollars and you know, the rules are you're supposed to like, if they like pull out their little guard or whatever, you can stick it in there, but you're not supposed to have the dollar in your mouth. You're not supposed to touch them or anything like that. Well, he comes up, he's like, let me show you amateurs how it's done. And he puts the dollar in his mouth and he's going to go up there and do it with his face. And I've seen him do it before. And he's on his way up there walking. He fucking just falls and he hits the stage with his face, with the bridge of his nose. Oh my God. That, that, oh. And they had said at the hospital, he got lucky he didn't shatter his nose. And so when we, we, two of us. Well, me and another guy, end up, I'm not driving. There's no, we have a designated driver, so I don't want to make it sound like we're all drunk. We had a person that wasn't drinking, driving each vehicle. He was just drinking Bud Light. We got you. Yeah, right. <laughs> we, I get volunteered to help take him to the hospital because he's my best friend. You're the drunkest. Yeah. yeah but I've known the guy the longest, too. I'm, you know, this is my best friend from high school. So me and another guy take him. Well, you know, I'm 6'3", and the other guy is like 5'5". Five, five. Or five eight or something like that, and then the guy that's getting married is about six foot. So you got a short person on one side trying to drag him, and a tall person on the other side trying to drag him. So he's kind of crooked. We get to the emergency room, and when we talk to the security guard that's there. He's like, "Yeah, you know, park over there, and then bring him in." We're like, well, "Can we get some help?" And they're like, "No." Like, can we get a wheelchair? No. So old dude at this point is just passed the fuck out. So we're pretty much carrying dead weight. And he's his shoes have come off it somehow. So he's just got his feet with socks on him. So we're dragging him to the emergency room and his toes are dragging the ground. Oh, and they get ate the fuck up because of, you know, friction yeah. on the concrete or on the pavement. And so his toes are all bloody by the time we get him there. Y'all and couldn't then, take uh, legs no, and head? Like, have you, know. you carried dead weight? Um. I mean, just it's you hard. and this podcast. Yeah. Well, this is harder. <laughs> so anyways, we finally get him in there. And they they admit him. And it turns out he's like super dehydrated and everything. They had to put a catheter in him. Woo! Yeah. And another buddy. Woo. And he doesn't know. And this is the first time he's ever had this happen. You know, I've never had it done. So I wouldn't have known either. But another buddy who I guess knows about some that procedure, whatever, tells me. He's like, yeah, you're not going to be out of sex for two weeks. You know, messing with him. He's like, what? I'm getting married tomorrow. He's like, yeah, that's, that sucks, man. And he's lying to him. But then we find out that his fiance is on the way. And we're like, all right, we got to go. So we leave before she gets there. It's like, you're fine, right? She's coming to pick you up. We're gone. See you. We leave before she gets there because we don't want to get yelled at. And then uh, the next day we see him and he tells us, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, oh, she came into the room and I told her, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so fucking sorry. I love you so fucking much. And turns out his face had also gotten burnt by cigarettes. Like he had some burn marks on him and then his nose was messed up. I don't know. I don't smoke. So I don't know how that happened. He smokes. He may have burned himself, but they had to wear makeup for his wedding to how, cover up the nose and the, and the burn marks on his face. Was it a, uh, was it a lot of blood? No, he didn't bleed from the falling. Wow, that's crazy. No, the only blood was on his toes from where the skin got peeled off from the uh, asphalt. Yeah, no, I, I was amazed too. Like, because, yeah, no, no that, blood. That just sounds so, I mean, that's a, a night to remember, I guess. And if he does remember it, I, I don't know. Yeah. Does and, he, do you think he remembers it? Oh, yeah. 
you yeah you you don't forget something like that dude well no up until a point well you no. remember oh i don't know if he remembers like the the falling out and stuff like that no, he remembers Hooters everything that happened. Or, yeah i'm sure he remembers everything that happened afterward i mean and you could have put a scene like that in this movie well yeah please <laughs> but yeah that was please, a so. that was a long story that had nothing to do with this movie but i thought it was just interesting to tell since we were talking about clubs no it it I mean, it, it had to have been a bachelor party and him be the groom. Otherwise, the story loses a little bit of weight. You know, it's like you're getting married the next day. Yeah. All this shit happens. Oh, yeah. If it was just been one of us and it happened, it'd be like, well, you know, whatever. It's not your day. Yeah. You, you suck it up and go on. But like yeah. you were in danger of like missing your day <laughs> or having a fucking cast on your face or some shit. Uh, no, he he dodged a bullet on that one. He got real lucky. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm, that just, I mean, nose, catheter, skinned up toes. I oh mean, yeah, you, you you. I mean, you hit the bingo card of just fuck that for me. Fuck I know, that. right? Oh, you know the toes in my mind had to be the worst because they would have taken long. Because like, you're not putting stuff on your nose. Right, unless you wear glasses, like you and I do. Yeah. He doesn't. So you're not you're not resting anything on the bridge of your nose. You don't have to touch it. You there's only thing that you would have is if you take a shower and the water hits you in the face, right? But your toes, man. Like you gotta put socks on, you gotta put shoes on. And in this case, you gotta put on fucking dress shoes and dress socks. Which are I've never met a pair of comfortable dress shoes. Yeah, I was going to say, already a fucking pain in the ass. Yeah. Especially if you got those pointed toe ones that crunch up crunch up your toes in the shape of a V. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. It's horrible. Yeah, but the marriage didn't last, so we can laugh about it. But. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it looks like he's got a, a good one now, so I'm, I'm glad for I, him. I think I know who we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the second one didn't work out so well for him. No. Because we all remember that. But this one, it looks like they're, I see him post on Facebook. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. 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 Good for him. Yeah. 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 It looks like they're doing a lot of cool things together and really happy. So I'm glad for him. When's the last time you've seen him? Um, It's been a couple years. Uh, There were supposed to be a birthday party for him last year that I was invited to, but he decided he just wanted it to be him and her because mm-hmm. she had reached out to me on messenger. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, good for him. I'm glad it's worked out and he's done really well in life. And you know, he, he had some obstacles when he was younger, so it's nice to see. Yeah. It, I, I would say talking to talking about, um, Bachelor parties. Uh, and you want to just talk about that instead of invasion USA? <laughs> uh, we still got to talk about this movie. We got to finish it up. We yeah. got to finish this up because then we can move on to our next project and we're done with Canon and you're done with Chuck Norris and you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. It, <sighs> until I bring us back to Chuck Norris. Yeah, until we, until we revisit Canon again, but. Yeah, it's just Chuck Norris is like, I don't know. It's like, 
after watching two of these movies, one of them really don't count. Firewalker was trying to be like an adventure movie, and yeah. Morris doesn't have to be an Indiana Jones. You need to have like personality. You know, you got to be a little bit livelier, Norris. Yeah, like and you got to have comedic timing for that yeah, type of movie. Timing, you got to have like presence on the screen, and Norris does not have presence. His, his deadpanning isn't very good. You know, I, he's trying. No, he's trying to deadpan it, these lines, but it just sounds like he's reading lines. No, it it's what it is. It's dead panning. <laughs> this is like it is like whereas like Harrison Ford would deliver that, you know, and you, there'd be like some charm to it. Yeah, Chuck Norris is like it's like okay, let me look at the script. Ha ha! Now that's what I call takeout or some <laughs> shit. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and you know Norris, like I said, I won't because Silent Rage is sort of a horse of a different color when it comes to his filmography. But like one of the things that separated Van Damme. And, you know, I think both me and you up until, for me, 93, 94, I liked Van Damme movies, and I still do. Van Damme wasn't afraid to get his ass whooped. Yeah. Well, I think Van Damme also has decent timing. on. Like, he's done some stuff where you'll chuckle and be like, ha-ha, you know, it's humorous. Yeah, I think Van Damme knows. It's sort of like this uh, Schwarzenegger. He's in on the joke. Yeah. Where Norris and Seagal... Stallone up to a point, their egos wouldn't allow that. But Stallone's hard to say because I think Stallone is talented. Well, I think Chuck Norris has gotten beaten up in movies before. I think the problem here is that Rostov is not a physical presence. <clears throat> and so when you get to that confrontation between them finally, like it's not fair. That's another thing that's kind of odd with this movie because Rostov's number two is older than him and is less of a threat where you need that henchman. Yeah. Like in Commando. Yeah. Uh, um, Dan Hadea's uh, henchman was Vernon Wells. You know, obviously you know who's going to win that. Wearing the fucking chain mail and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Just, Scott Steiner out there. Yeah, yeah. It's it it looked like Vernon Wells brought that attire over from Road Warrior. <laughs> this this movie's um it's odd as far as like being a Chuck Norris vehicle because there's very little karate. There's very little of what made Chuck Norris Chuck Norris. Like there's like one spinning kick, uh a face kick, and I think a throw. And that's about all you get. Mm-hmm. And then it's all Uzis and bazookas. In in this case, you don't. Rostov has got to be a mastermind, but on the back half of the movie, he's pretty much foiled at every turn. Yeah. So the threat goes away, and then even like the invasion itself. When once the National Guard, because the National Guard or army gets involved, like that's put down quickly. They take him out. Mm-hmm. So I mean, thanks. Thanks to Matt Hunter's plan. I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, it's like Rostov didn't have that intimidating presence, you know, and physically. So if he's not going to be physically a presence, then he has to be like a mastermind. But there, you get to a, a point in the movie in where it's there's no sense that there's any kind of 
stakes anymore. It's just they're losing it every turn now. And now the bad guys are on their heels. On the front part of the movie, you got them, they're successfully pulling things off and they're establishing them as a menace. And it seems like maybe you should have, that should have carried on longer. Because not only is Chuck Norris winning his fight, but the National Guard's winning their fight. Like it's becoming like a sweep at this point. And it's, and it's just a, when he finally catches up with Rostov, it's just a matter of tying up loose ends, essentially, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's I mean, just, he, that would have been a better one liner. Yeah, he's hey he's Rostov, just, I'm tying up my loose ends now, <laughs> right? Because the the invasion itself has failed, and there's nothing. Even if Chuck Norris didn't kill Rostov, what did Rostov gain from this? Nothing. All his people are fucking dead. No, and here's the thing. Here, here's I don't know. I uh, it's I think this is the. <laughs> I mean, Rostov is so thirsty for Matt Hunter. Yeah, he dreams about that, him. Oh my god. Yeah, he does dream about him. Uh that and it's funny because you don't <laughs> Yeah, they pulled one over on me. Invasion USA. You got me. Uh you're watching this movie, they arrest Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris knows it's coming. He puts his gum away. Yeah. And they don't let him unbutton his shirt when they're arrested. No, no, no. Not only does he put the gum away, but he puts it on a fucking painting in the room. Come on, man. I know, I know. Show some class. And so he gets arrested and Rostov's watching his three TVs. That's how you know, like whoever's one of those TVs should have been on the I mean, he should have been watching MTV news. He should have. Or the Nickelodeon. <laughs> Nickelodeon. You can't I do that on television. That yeah. But, so <laughs> Rostov's watching the TV and the news anchor comes up and just gives all the locations of where important people would be. Obviously, that was part of the plan, but I'm watching it. I'm like, lady, <laughs> you're blowing their spot up. <laughs> Obviously, it was to lure because Rostov cannot stand the fact that Matt Hunter is breathing, even while. Shit's going okay for him. Yeah. He it just eats his ass all up. He can't do it. He's he's gotta go kill him. Yeah, he does he has a hard on for Hunter. Oh, he does. And lets it get in the way. But I mean, even if Matt Hunter wasn't in his movie, at some point he's gonna get caught because they're just operating willy nilly out in the wide open. There's no kind of like subtlety to what they're doing. They're fucking just driving in cars and you know, Eating burgers everywhere. Yeah. I mean, when they kill the Coast Guard, like you're in the ocean, you could just dump them over. But no, let's just put all the bodies in this one cabin. Imagine know, being like, an extra for that scene and being at the bottom of the fucking pile and all you're smelling is somebody's ball sweat. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't thinking about it before, but now I am. Yeah, that day would suck at $50. You <laughs> I know, right? Like, this right, is you, canon. You're probably not even getting 50. They're not working under union rules. We need all y'all just to pile up and make like a big heap of bodies. And yeah, it's like you, somebody's got to be the bottom. You, Steve, get down there. Yes. And, and like I said, it's not even $50. It's like you get craft service. Uh, they you give know, you a cheese like you sandwich. Get a yeah. You get paid like they paid Napoleon Dynamite with like <laughs> fucking nickels. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Count them out for them. Count them out. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so the, at the end, man, when Rostov and Hunter finally have their face-to-face conversation, we already talked about the fact that Hunter pretty much kicks his ass for like three moves. But then, for some goddamn reason, Hunter's like, I'm going to play hide-and-seek. And just disappears. Oh, and look, yes. And I noticed, you know, obviously I've seen Friday 13th Part 4, and I'm not going to talk about that because I know you hate when I go on a tangent. No, go ahead. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm joking. You, you spent like 20 minutes telling your fabulous story, but I brought up Part 6 of Friday 13th, and you and you shut that shit down. Oh, no, no. I, I, I didn't want to get too deep into the movie itself because I know I'll start talking about it. And then come time when we cover that, they'll be like, well, he's already said all this before. Well, I mean, again, we're looking at mid-2023 before we get to part six. <laughs> um, but once Norris disappears on Rostov, Zito shoots it like a horror movie. Oh, like yeah. it is like this slow pans to you know, and and there's one scene, um, or maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I've been watching a, a lot of different movies. Never mind, because I was thinking there was a slow pan to where you, it's actually following Rostov, and then it. No, I was thinking of Jason X. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Well, they are treating this part with Rostov and Stryker, like you said, like kind of like a horror movie, but they're treating Rostov like he's the protagonist. And, yeah, you know, if it was a horror movie, he would be the victim, but he'd also be like the good guy because you're trying to like, oh, shit, where's, you know, Jason or where's Michael or Freddie or whatever. And here's, where's Matt Hunter? And, you know, what if Matt Hunter fucked up you know, he he disappears and he gives Rostov his chance. And Rostov, first thing he does is grab a fucking bazooka, his favorite fucking weapon. Now, Matt Hunter, if you mess up, you screwed. You've just made a major fucking mistake letting this dude get a bazooka. Thankfully, it works out for him. But we have a bazooka I mean, fight. Thank God. Yeah, a bazooka fight at the end. I mean, I was on pins and needles once Chamberlain grabbed that bazooka. I'm like, is Matt Hunter going to live through this? Yeah. Like in that scene, uh, Chuck Norris has a little blood on his brow. Yeah. And I'm like, where did that come from? Well, and they put a little spot like directly below his eye too on his shirt. So it's yeah. detail at least, I guess. Yeah. That was, man, he probably walked into a wall or something. <laughs> it was, that was probably wasn't even like fucking fake. That's probably real. Like just bumped probably, into something. It was they're like, like shrapnel from all the shit they're blowing up. They're like, let's leave it there. That's character. God damn it! You hit Chuck in the face with the, all these explosions. So yeah, they they had this. Which I told Chuck time and time again: never look directly at the explosion. Right. Stand back a little bit. But no, Chuck. It's like an stuff. eclipse. Shield your eyes, yeah. motherfucker. So <laughs> the, he shoots him at almost like point blank range, though. So it seems like there should have been like this explosion should have affected him also, and maybe thrown him backwards. Well, it immediately cuts to credits. I know. So, well, oh, dude, I don't know how closely you looked at the explosion, but I was watching it when it explodes and it's coming like out the window and shit. Uh, 
and they try to make it look like body parts are flying. You can see they got like a mannequin head with no hair <laughs> flying out in the bottom left corner of the screen. It was great. I mean, it could be. I mean, he probably blew his hair off. It was a close quarters RPG. And not only that, though, but like he has to pull that tube open. Rostov has time to hear it click and everything and still loses the draw. I mean, Rostov, just you should have retired. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's just you're so bad at your job. And Ed, I wonder if Richard Lynch has ever played a good guy. Probably not. He has a face for a bad guy. He does. Him and Billy Drago. Yeah, he has a face for a bad guy. He's better in Barbarians, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah, easy. Yeah. This is just, in this movie, the extent of what he does is him, you know, shooting shooting rocket launchers and... Shooting dicks. And shooting dicks and then trying to kill Matt Hunter. Like, that's his only obsession. His another goal in life. But you know who else has got a, a face for a villain? It's William Forsythe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like those. Oh, and the dude that was in um, Cobra. Uh, Brian S- Smith? It's a, it's a very basic name. Yeah. Uh, no, Thompson. Because I call him Thomas, remember? Yeah. The, the whole episode. No, I, I, I mean, Thompson. I don't remember that, but. Yes, but yeah, Thomas. like you could have made a man if you could have got like all four of those in a movie together. I mean, that's because then uh, you could then you could have like Richard Lynch be like the main dude because then now he's got some henchmen, yeah, that would fucking like they could carry a scene. That'd man, be sweet. I'm just thinking about the movie that'll never be. I know, man. You know what? I, I'm gonna trade out Lynch, put in Lance Henriksen. Yeah, I could see that, but he's also played other role. Like he's played the good guy before. He has, but have you seen Stone Cold? Oh yeah. I mean that's Boz? Yes. That come on. I just watched that like two months ago. That is a Stone Cold classic. Pun intended. And Lance Henriksen just chews up the scenery. Beautifully. I mean, he, he, I mean, it just, I mean, and him as a bad guy near dark, which I wasn't allowed on uh, <laughs> that episode. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was a big conspiracy against you. We planned it with Hayden. I mean, I don't even know why I show up at this point. Like, Hayden, how can we stick it to Josh? Let's do near dark. Yeah. I don't know why I'm making Hayden sound like a little kid. He's, Teenager now. <laughs> Next time I see him, his his voice is gonna be as deep as yours. Hey Billy, what's happening? Dad, <laughs> it probably will be. Like, whoa, what the fuck, <laughs> dude? And man, I don't know. Have you seen you seen pictures of Lucas and Hayden recently? Right? Uh, mm, mm, no. Oh, well, that's right because you don't use Facebook anymore. They've got like the most glorious heads of hair. Mm. Both of them. Pisses me off. <laughs> God, I imagine Daniel's got to look at it and you know, be like, man, I wish I was that age again, too. Yeah, that's a good time. You know, let it flow. I mean, you never know what the future holds. Oh, yeah, you do. Receding hairlines. That's what it holds. 
I know. So grow it out at yeah. 16, 15, 14. Let it, yeah. Fucking rock it while you can. Yeah. Would uh, is there anything else you want to say about Invasion USA? Let me think. You know, it's funny because, like, um, this movie opened so strongly. I had my notepad and I had my pen. And it opened so strongly, I'm like, fuck, this movie's going to be so good. I don't want to take notes. <laughs> and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> it, it became like, towards like, I'm just not going to take notes. I watched, here's the thing. I watched this shit today. I finished and it so, up today. I watched half of it last night and half of it today. And so much of it has washed over me. You yeah. know? Yeah. I I didn't. I had started taking notes because we originally was going to record this a while back. And I started taking notes on that viewing. And Daniel, a couple times here recently, is just, he's done. What he's done is watched the movie right before we recorded. So I'm fairly, I'm going to try that. I can't do that. I gotta take notes. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, yeah. I gotta. I gotta have my notes because even like with the Wikipedia pulled up, you know, I'm still like I'm just remembering things. But it's not. It's not very memorable. I don't think. And I guess we're gonna go into the. We're gonna go into our thoughts on it. So I'm just gonna go go ahead with mine. Yeah, go ahead. I think. Um, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's not the best movie by far. I'd give it like two and a half stars. I, I think it does a few interesting things. I think like the focus on the bad guys more so than Chuck. And I think they were right to uh, not have Chuck Norris talk a lot in this movie. Thankfully he doesn't have just a lot of dialogue, but I, I like where they come in and you see a lot of what the bad guys doing. The problem is, is on the back half of the movie though, everything they're doing is becoming unraveled. And so there's really no stakes anymore. It's just a matter of, like I said, tying up loose ends. The last 30 minutes is just, the bad guys getting their asses kicked and everything that they're doing coming undone. Um, and there's no, there's none of the Chuck Norris karate that you would expect from it. Like you watch a Chuck Norris movie and that's kind of what you're expecting. It's like when you'd watch an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you're expecting to hear the phrase, I'll be back. That was a catchphrase. And if you didn't hear it, you felt cheated and watching this movie without any fight scenes, you feel cheated. So, Two and a half stars. I mean, I would check it out. Um, it's not his best work. I'd say if you wanted to watch one that you'd enjoy more, I'd say watch Lone Wolf McQuaid. You know, it was. it's funny. Uh, let me see if I can. Yeah, we'll just play this short, quick, quick little game. Because um, <laughs> I have it pulled up. I'm looking at it now. Um let me see. Let me see. Uh, vamp. Vamp. Bone vamp. Oh, well, they also, while Josh is pulling this up, I just want to reiterate, too, that they wasted Billy Drago. Such a great villain actor. And you have him in here for, like, you know, two minutes. And, like, those two minutes, though, man, he's just oozing. And you, you just, like, you can feel it. And Yes. It's like we talked about. That's the best scene in the movie. Yeah. You could have had, you could have had him as being, like, a... Uh, secondary villain longer in the movie be like Rostov's person on the mainland or whatever. Well, you know, I was talking about like uh, uh, Rostov, Richard Lynch's character needed a strong henchman. It should have been Billy Drago. How did his henchman die? I was thinking about this right before we started recording. He like, had, he had the reporter and I can't remember her name. 
he had her held hostage. Chuck Norris ends up behind him, grabs the gun, and and points it at his skull. She elbows him, and because he got elbowed, he shoots himself in the fucking head. Yes, because she's randomly taking pictures of people outside of a grocery store. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that was... Yeah, like I said, this movie, it's just washes over you. And it's not warm water. Yeah. You know, it's tap lukewarm water. Um, what is Chuck Norris? Let's say two and a half. I want to change mine to two stars. Okay. Uh, starring Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is the lead. What is the highest rated movie on IMDb? With him starring as the lead? Mm-hmm. Um, Is it Lone Wolf McQuaid? It is. It is. It's 6.3. You know what the second one is? Good Guys Wear Black. You would think that because that's his first movie. And usually you start off strong, you know? Doctagon? No. It's um, it's Code of Silence at 6. Code of Silence. Okay. But... They all hover around like this 5.5 area. Yeah. You know, to where Chuck Chuck has his fans. He's become, uh, he was a meme before a meme with the jokes. You know, Jonathan Brandis was a big Chuck Norris fan. Yeah. Inside picks. I don't know about yeah. real life. I don't know. R.I.P. though. Did you ever watch that movie? I think I, I think that's another. I think that's one of the Chuck Norris's that I've seen, but I remember dick about it. I don't remember anything. I remember Joe Piscopo. Speaking of Joe Piscopo, I finally watched this movie that a, a buddy of mine who lives here in Sweden Dead loved. Dead Heat. He loves it. I just watched it like two weeks ago. I'd never heard of it. It was on the last drive-in, not last year, but the year before. Was it? Yeah. It is. There's there's a lot I got to say about that, but I'll I'll get to my uh, uh, Invasion USA final thoughts. Um, This movie, there was a lot of things that could have made this movie better. I mean, obviously, this is a canon movie, so you have to know what to expect with a canon movie. But I'll be honest, if the if this movie was just Chuck Norris in the bayou, just doing his business. Like, let me see an eight-hour day for Chuck Norris. <laughs> Wrestling Gators? Wrestling Gators with uh, Joe Eagle and eating frog legs. And then the other half of the movie was Rostov just fucking people up, shooting people in the yeah. dick. Just, hey, four stars, just based on that. But... Uh, what momentum this movie had, I mean, it loses just as quick. Um, it's a lot of explosions. Uh, and I'm not even asking for plot. I'm just asking for give me something to hang on to because there's not a lot here. Um, it's two stars as well because it's it's it is what it is you know yeah it 
when I uh, when I said it was, when I sent you that message and said it was a Stone Cold classic, I was basing that on the number of bazookas being fired in his movie. Oh, well, I mean, the, and tongue in cheek, obviously, but yeah. So, which I'll oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I thought you were being serious, so oh, I was kind no. of like hyped. No, who's the MVP? What's the who's what's the MVP? Who's the MVP for you? The MVP, mm. or what the award? Yeah, MVP oh. award. Because we started this and then we stopped and yeah, we'll bring it back. Uh, I'll say Billy Drago. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna he, say Zito. He's in the most memorable scene in yeah. the movie, and like I said, he has a presence. I'm gonna give it to Zito. I think I think this movie could have been a lot worse. With another director, honestly. Yeah. So, what was you saying about Dead Heat? Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because I, I, my buddy Andreas, he um, loves the movie, grew up with it, you know, and I yeah. never even heard of it. And I'm like, well, I gotta watch this movie, you know, um, Zombie Cop, you know, and I watched it, and. You know, if you go into that movie and you know the premise, you either buy in or you don't, you know, like you're either going to go with the movie or not, you know, and Joe Piscopo, I mean, any other actor, like an animated talking cat would have been better than Joe Piscopo. (laughs) It is, he tries to be charming and it just, it's cringeworthy watching him try to be like charming and funny it it's it's really bad but the movie is it's fun you know yeah. i mean it's 80s schlock yeah i i have to go back and rewatch it i'd watched it when it was on there um but i don't just right remember a whole bunch about it for some reason it's running together with like brain damage in my head the only thing i remember about brain damage is the vhs cover art yeah, it's. You should t- take a look. Have you watched that one? No, I haven't seen Brain you Damage. Should, you should check that out. It's interesting. But yeah, that that's Invasion USA. Two stars from the both of us. Uh, would you recommend somebody to watch it? I'd say watch it once. I'd say watch the first twenty minutes. Watch the first twenty minutes, and then dip out of the rest. Yeah, you don't really need to see the rest. It's funny, though, because, like, I was checking the clock. And in that bus scene, if you notice, like, when the timer's on the bus and Chuck Norris has to get there, it's not counting seconds. It's counting milliseconds. It's like 53, 52, 51. And I'm like, yes, can this movie do that? (laughs) You know, um, all right, let's rank them. Let's rank the cannons oh, that yeah, we watched. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say number three for me, Firewalker. Me too. Number two for me. Mm, oh, I'm going to say Invasion USA. And then I'm going to say number one is The Barbarians. And not because it's just a 
better movie, but it's just because it's kind of fun and the main characters, the two, the barbarian twins are so goofy and everything. In that movie. Yeah. I mean, you got to watch it just for them because they, there's something there with them. And they're doing there, little there runs. And yeah. Yeah. The movie's not good, but it's, they got a presence on the screen. They do. And actually I think I rated barbarians lower in my star rating than invasion USA. But I'll have to like work that out. You know, that's a personal thing I'm dealing with right now. Well, I, think know? The, I think a movie can be better made and still not be as fun as something that was rated lower. And I think that's what you have here. Yeah. Like I, I remember invasion USA more fondly than what it is. Like when I watch it now, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, why did I like this so much as a kid? Whereas Barbarians, you watch and you're like, oh man, I can see where this is mindless fun, and you know it's it's not a good movie, but I can sit here and like watch these guys eat up the scenes. I would rather uh, have a movie night with buddies, drink a beer, and watch Barbarians. Yeah, over I'd, Invasion USA. I'd take either of them over Firewalker though. Firewalker was ass. It it, it was <laughs> it. Like it's just cannon, just throwing shit at the wall. Yeah, just seeing if it'll stick. It's like, oh, we got romancing the stone and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Let's make ours. Who do we have under contract? Well, Chuck is obligated for three more movies. We'll yeah. throw him in there because this is the first of his four picture deal that he signed with Cannon. And you wasted Louis Gossett Jr. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. What um well this is the end of our our canon. Um I think we called it loose cannons, right? This is the end of our little yeah. cannon block. So you're getting to pick the next one and you chose what? I chose uh just um hillbillies. Um backwoods folk. We know all about that. Me and you both are hillbillies. Um just we I want to see representation on the screen. <laughs> so, do you want to announce your movies? Because if you do yeah. it now, you lock them in. Well, I just have. Uh, yeah, I mean, who gives a shit? I mean, we we lock them in. Like, I, I, you should have air quotes for that because right. it doesn't I'm matter. Doing it, yeah. but you can't see them. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're gonna cover Whiskey Mountain. A movie that uh, uh, that I've been wanting to watch forever. I, I bought it on iTunes, and I still haven't gotten around to watching it. Quentin Tarantino um, was speaking pretty glowingly of it, and uh, as everybody knows, I I love me some Tarantino. Uh, and then we'll be covering Whiskey Mountain and um, a classic that. Is embarrassingly a uh, blind spot for me. Deliverance. I haven't and, seen it either. So it'd be, yeah. all these movies will be a first time for me. So yeah, you, you chose Deliverance and Whiskey Mountain. And then my pick on this one, because the way we do it is the person that picks the category gets to pick two movies and the other person will pick one. So I chose Wolf Creek and I cleared that with you beforehand since it's And we're pretty strict on with these track. rules. Yeah. Rigid. But I haven't seen that one and I've heard about it. So I want to get that one out of my blind spot also. I think Wolf Creek 
is kind of like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for Australia, you know, based on a well true. I am using air quotes. True story. Oh man, you got me excited because you know how much I love it, how much I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And, yeah, I just mean in terms of like, no, you it's know, too late. I'm hyped. Yeah, well, you should be. It it's 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 a good movie. I've seen it when it first came out. All right. Well, that is it. You know, thank you everybody for listening. And we'll see you next time when we come back with um, our hillbilly backwoods country folk horror. Yeah, representation. And don't forget to hit that like button, give a thumbs up, leave a review, buy the merch. Uh, even you see Billy, give him a kiss on the lips. Um, you know, uh, yeah, hit, yeah, do all those things I just said, every one of them, and we love you. 